doesn't make any sense. All right, cool. Um, I think we're good to go. We're good to go. We're good to go. Mm-hmm. We're good to go. All right. What's up? This is Bounty Board episode three, uh, the first episode of Bounty Board that's going to be the core format that you're going to see it in. I am Caleb Sawyer, your host. I'm Ben. This is Smurf. And I'm Richard. Richard is filling in for Eric this week. He had some stuff come up, so we couldn't record tonight. This week, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, just for some news, the Star Wars Han Solo movie actually lost its two directors, Chris Miller and Phil Lord. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy released a press statement today saying that they separated because of creative differences, um, a difference in creative vision for the film, which sucks because those two guys worked on... 21 and 22 Jump Street, the Lego movie, um, mm. like everything that they've made so far has been really good. And like them being a part of the Star Wars movie with the cast that they had assembled was a really exciting thing. Uh, we'll see where they're going from there. Hopefully they pick someone good that can pick up. How was that worded? Because is it is it truly creative differences between them or is it creative differences between them and, and uh, Disney? It seems to be creative differences between them and this and Disney. It's not okay. between okay. Miller and Lord. They the way you the way you were saying it almost sounded like those two were having the creative. Oh difference. yeah, no. Um, Kathleen Kennedy said that Chris Miller and Phil Lord had a different creative vision for Han Solo than they wanted. Okay. Yeah, which, I mean, at least we can still count on those two making good movies in the future. It just sucks that their next one's not going to be Star Wars. Mm. Uh, yeah. Ben, what do you got for what do you got for news? Um, I know I'm two weeks late, but I finally saw Wonder Woman. <laughs> nice. Uh, I guess that's not really news. It was good though. Uh, I, it didn't knock my socks off, but I really didn't dislike any aspect of it. It was really good. In terms of like the rest of the DC universe, and knocking your socks off, like comparatively, was it better? Nah, I don't do equal? that. I don't want to do that. I mean, if you want to talk about things comparatively then yeah it's better than the rest but uh it, it's it's got a maturity about it that not even the nolan movies had okay I think. Interesting. sort of where like it kind of knew what it was like each nolan movie is sort of its own creature yeah uh, for sure yeah definitely and this knew what it was going in and and from title sequence to credits so i don't know it was very mature very um had a lot of heart um i went to see it with my parents and my mom had a lot of neat role models in there because it was a bunch of old ladies kicking ass in the beginning. <laughs> right. Nice. Um, so yeah, it it there's there was a dozen different ways to mess it up and they and they didn't. So, and uh, yeah, it was it was good. I, I, you don't need one more person to tell you to see it, but it's worth it. All right. It's worth seeing in the theater. Big good theater movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, Eric. What do you got news wise? Oh, Eric. Eric. Eric's not here. Yeah. Yes, and Smurf. Uh, Smurf. John, what <laughs> yeah. <do> you got? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Microsoft. Well, actually, it's a company Microsoft bought, uh, Maluba or something like that. I can't. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. Anyways, they have uh, beaten Miss Pac-Man for the Atari 2600 Look at using that. a uh, AI. So with that, and uh, let's see, Google's Go AI, or no, no, no. What is it? Go. Uh, Go was the Chinese game, right? That Google's AI yeah, was okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. taught to beat, so uh, or has beating the best players in the world. 
how much longer it my so yeah the cool part about that is how much longer till uh we can really tackle um creative problems or creative issues right or find cre- sorry find creative answers for uh difficult problems i know it's pretty cool there's a link i mean you could google search it check it out how they it goes in depth about how they uh basically track everything and and give weight so if you're if you're kind of like me and into that stuff it's pretty neat yeah it'll be interesting to see when we create uh when we create ais that can beat like the turing test which is uh the test for like the turing uh, test yeah yeah so it's uh it's getting closer there's a lot of interesting things with bots on like Skype and and Facebook Messenger and all that. You see yeah. that there's there's two AIs that they had talked to each other and then they created a secret language that nobody could understand. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah, I don't like that. That's fucked up. <laughs> That's uh, a matrix shit, dude. Dude, yep. there was a really interesting thing I read about AI that like someone created a a game full of Quake full of bots. Um and had them on separate teams and had them fighting each other and like ran the game for like more than a year without ending. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's... And then he like re-entered the game as a player and all of the AI had stopped moving. They were just <laughs> standing there. And then when he like interacted with one of them, every AI, his teammates or the other team attacked him at the same time. Wow! Oh no! Like they reacted to him like a bacteria. Yep. Yeah. That's a terrifying. I robot everything. Yeah. Seriously. Like it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richard, what news you got, dude? Well, this week Amazon bought out Whole Foods, which is super weird because the people who now own Twitch also own whole foods <laughs> which you know to me is so crazy this tiny what used to be this tiny little book reseller that just grew to sell home appliances and electronic products also went on to buy the world's one of the world's biggest streaming websites along with a food distribution chain and you know who knows where they're going to go now i mean yeah, it's going to be interesting because in Seattle they had for their employees that store where you just uh, use your phone and you badge in basically and then it right. shows you based on what you're pulling out. So Yeah, like there's no cashier. Yeah. You grab it and go. Yeah. So and like, they said and at the time they said it was to help their uh, processing facilities, their order fulfillment facilities because it would interesting uh, reduce employee scan, but I guess they had a bigger fish potentially. And they were just being mom about Whole Foods. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, rem- I remember seeing that trailer on YouTube about it. And the fir- that's the first thing that popped up in my head when I saw they bought Whole Foods. Like, are we going to be seeing that everywhere? Are drones going to be flying out of every Whole Foods in the country? <laughs> like, It does give them a little bit larger footprint, too. From seriously. That perspective. Yeah. What's weird is, like, I don't even mean to say weird, but, like, what's interesting is we're going to be seeing more and more. I remember reading an article recently about Walmart trying to figure out what the fuck they were going to do to combat what Amazon was taking from them in terms of business. Oh, and I don't know about, yeah. Now that Amazon's able to sell food and they have a, a, you know, a states-wide food uh, distributor, mm-hmm. like that's the, really the only place that brick-and-mortar stores could say they had a leg up on Amazon. Um, yeah, it's interesting. 
No more store. No more WalMarts. I don't think the world's gonna miss Walmart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll be okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh they, wait. They, there's definitely evidence of them actually messing with drone delivery. So. Yeah. UPS. UPS has been spotted doing some stuff too. Okay. Dude, so, that's gonna yeah. start a whole new like breed of. Uh, train robberies for lack yeah. of a better term of you like, said drone robbers yeah yeah yeah, yeah like uh, drone poachers that are knocking them down for their payloads <laughs> for their I think payload. I had a I think I had a story idea for that a few years ago yeah <laughs> it's, there's a it just opens up all sorts of things but then they'd have to uh, create drone escorts to oh, take out the drone pirates <laughs> a security drone Drone Wars. There it is. I'm gonna write oh, it. I'm writing it tonight. There it is. And then and then like a, and then it's gonna, be, now. it's gonna be hooked into a, a machine learning AI, and uh, they're gonna lock down every uh, human if you try to leave your property. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> uh, this is terrible. No, I don't want to think about this. <laughs> Matrix. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be cool if like they let all the drones out of the facility, like you know, when all the UPS trucks leave in the morning? But they leave out of the ceiling, you know, and it and it looks like a flock of birds, like they swarm. It'd be amazing. Freak, it's freaking yeah. me out thinking about it. <laughs> They'd all like branch out through the sky into like these big like drone highways, and just as yeah. they got further and further away, they would spread and fan out more and more. It'd be groovy. It's gonna be like a drone croissant. <laughs> yeah. Not to be mistaken yeah. with a drone croissant. Those are very different. <laughs> but they could de- deliver you a croissant if you want. I don't get it. Uh, when I was a little kid, I thought croissant was croissant until I saw it written out. Because I was stupid. Because I was a kid. <laughs> and they're all stupid. And then it's you're not like, true. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like uh, Ben. Kind of like uh, Nan <laughs> when she realized what the Target logo was. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a bullseye. I get it. Ugh. I was in the car for that. Like that wasn't a story told years and years ago. That's been told every year. I was like alive for that. It was recent <laughs> enough that I remember it. <laughs> All right, cool. So that wraps up news. This week we're gonna have a full topic, and uh, our first full topic for Bounty Board is DLC. DLC's man, one of the most. I don't want to say like heated. Um, topics in games but it's definitely one that has a ton of like back and forth about how to do it right and how to do it wrong the first system that was hooked up to the internet uh, and could be long term was the Dreamcast and so with the Dreamcast we saw our first marketplace that had DLC in it now most of that DLC was very small because the limitations of the uh, memory cards on the Dreamcast so after the Dreamcast, the PS2, and the systems that followed after it all had um, some semblance of a marketplace, um, and digitally distributed games became a bigger thing on household consoles. And then the first time that we saw a season pass was in 2011 when Rockstar released L.A. Noir, and L.A. Noir had a what they called a Rockstar Pass, and buying that got you all the DLC at a discounted price. DLC has been this thing that I, I imagine that it started way before then. And then when I did this research and saw that it was a little more than 10 years old, I was a little surprised by it. But 
just in the 10 years that it's existed, there's been a lot of vitriol in the market or in the community about companies that do it wrong. So I guess to start the discussion, name a game that you remember that notably did it well. And then we'll then we'll go in and talk about ones that did it poorly. Well, I don't know. The first thing I thought of was was uh, expansions, right? Was DLC before it was DLC. Yeah. You know, like Quake had a had a, a chapter after the fact. Uh, Doom had a whole other chapter called uh, Final Doom or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, games of a long time ago. Starcraft uh, had Brutal Star- Wars. A lot, a lot of Blizzard games. Yep. Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it's you can kind of see a jumping off point when, I mean, PC games had DLC or expansions far before console games because PCs are always attached to the internet. Um, yeah. So yeah, like World of Warcraft. And- well, even before the internet. Yeah, I mean, don't think that I would consider those expand. I would consider DLC a form of expansion, just yeah. a newer term. Yeah, yeah, and I think PC did it before console because with a console you need a whole new product, a self-contained product that loads every time you play it. The PC, you've got it on your computer already. So when you get uh, oh, Diablo two had an expansion. Yeah, uh, you already the games were installed, so you just add on the extras. Right. Right. So it's, PC like, it's almost like a patch. That. Yep. So PC was definitely doing it longer than console, and it was because of the uh, the dev team just wanted more content. Yeah, and now we're all these things... And you did have to pay content? for it. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Because there's the pretty Never. big mod community before that, too. So you had a bunch of extensions, essentially, that you could plug into your games and get more content, but that was community-based and free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mods, are, mods have always been free. Yeah, but even even like today, it's difficult to find a modder that is bringing something of significance to the table, in my opinion. Whether it's adding story to the game or adding quality enhancements, just think, in my opinion. I wonder if that's because games have factored that into their their design, like um, like Minecraft, where the game is built to be a big modding playground. Mm-hmm. So rather than people making, you know, putting the DeLorean in, or, or, or that's too simple, like turning Grand Theft Auto into Star Wars or something, rather than doing that, they would do it in a platform that was conducive to it, like, I don't know, like Minecraft or whatever. But right. uh, Could be. maybe the, the complexity, too, is probably makes it more difficult. Like, you know, people were doing, like Battlefront was a mod initially, wasn't it? Wasn't it like a... a was it a Battlefield mod? No, Battlefront was came before Battle Battlefront. No, but um, Counter Strike was a Half Life mod, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I played. Well, and, yeah, I played and, that shit. Like, I played that a long time ago, before it went to the Source Engine and before it was actually called. Yeah, it, I played it in its infancy. It was. It was very. I remember. <laughs> back. Yeah, I remember playing old school. Counter Strike, like in Grant's basement and shit. Yeah, uh, I think it was like the same time I was playing Day of Defeat on the PC as well. Dota yeah. was was probably one of the most significant from a mod on uh, Warcraft Three, creating another genre of a of the game. So I wouldn't call it. 
I wouldn't call modding necessarily dead or gone. His Dota's oh, no. pretty recent, pretty well, fresh. Bethesda, Bethesda just uh, talked about launching the what was it like their community marketplace or something? Right. Yeah, they're bringing yeah. that back up. They brought they launched it once, and then they had a nightmare because people were saying I uh, that like making claims and that they had right. traded the mod when. So I don't I don't know how they're going to solve that. I they must have like a mod. sort of hashing algorithm or something, but or like uh, like a licensing process so that you can't post it to the thing until you send it for approval or something. Yeah, the so the original one was is you were going to be able to create whatever XYZ widget in the game or or character and you could put it up on the uh, community. Somebody could then take your mod and extend it so like incorporate it into their castle or something. And then somehow there was going to be a residual trace back to everybody that had a piece in, in the ultimate mod that was purchased. Gotcha. Interesting. Now, I don't know what the newer one, what, what they're, what they're uh, new proposing models bringing at now, but yeah, that's what it was before, I believe. When do you guys remember, like, first seeing DLC that you actually cared about and, like, dove into and really appreciated? Because I know, like, when I were. I remember first looking up that the first season pass was through Rockstar with L.A. Noir. I thought that was weird because Mass Effect 2 came out the year before and had the Cerberus network, but mm-hmm. the Cerberus network was like tied to new copies of the game. It wasn't something you paid extra for. Um, so See, like, that's, a, that's a key thing with that, though, is that it was tied to a new copy of the game. Right. Yeah, you couldn't get the Cerberus Network code if you didn't have a new copy of the game. Unless, like, the the used copy you bought was from someone who didn't use the code before. Yeah. Uh, so that might have been, like, a piracy play? Yeah, maybe. Instead of, instead of having to... As a way of forcing people into... Piracy and also, I think, secondary market. You know, like, not... it's encouraging not buying a used copy yeah they were really so, trying to cut, i'm like, so glad that's died out that was yeah. annoying yeah yeah where you'd get the key with the game but then you would have to pay 15 bucks to do the online later <laughs> oh god yeah yeah is that right then? Um, is that what it was it wasn't so much like a key because it wasn't it didn't restrict you from getting any content that was essential to the game but if you bought a used copy of the game any of the dlc that came out you had to pay for yourself mm-hmm. if you bought a new copy of the game all the extra content that came out you got and there of I course there were a few things that were thought, uh, did somebody... that were not so... free that like even servers network people had to pay for but the majority of it was free if you got a new copy of the game hmm. um, I think one of the oldest examples I can remember is Guitar Hero there we go. Yep the the different expansion packs. Yeah, songs and stuff like that. And then yeah, you know, all the other band games did the same thing. That was a big deal, and people loved it. Well, yeah, yeah those I'm, games lend themselves one of my to it really well. Of DLC. Yeah. Are we considering map packs in this? I was just yeah. about to say that because my earliest memory is uh, Modern Warfare Two. Uh, nice. I I bought into some maps. I was really big into Modern Warfare, like mm. early high school. And yeah, they announced more maps to go in. No, no new weapons, just new maps and some skins for the weapons. And so, I thought it was a pretty good deal. Uh, no crazy gameplay options, but just just maps. And I spent the fifteen dollars to get like six new maps. It was pretty fun. Yeah, 
And I mean, I think that's interesting too because at the beginning of that, it was such a surprise. We were all like, oh my God, more maps to play multiplayer on. Uh, yeah, I want them. I was two two games that uh, uh, I don't think I bought them full price, but I did pay money for them. And then proceeded to buy all of the DLC. Just popped into my head. First one, uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed. Yes. Oh, yeah. like breaks the atmosphere and you have to like punch it to his fingertip what the heck and it's like the size of a temple like his fingertips the size of a temple and you're fighting his fingertip but then yeah you notice <laughs> it's it's incredible it's worth playing i think it's backwards maybe anyway um you beat the game super intense it was it's great um it's Man, super easy yeah. to play it's episodic so like when you finish an episode it's like next time on a sewer's wrath or whatever and it gives you like a recap. It's great. Um, well, the DLC but, for that, you got to fight Ryu on the moon. Ryu and Akuma. Well, you hit Ryu so hard, he rips like a dimensional hole, and then Akuma steps out of it. Wait, from Street Fighter? Yeah. yeah. It's because oh, it's a Capcom game. That's awesome. There's another, there's another thing, too, where uh, the, after you fight Akuma, you do something and you both turn to stone. And then you watch like hundreds of years pass and grass and moss grow over your statues. And then you break you out of your statue and then continue fighting. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, dude. It's wow. one of the most creative games I ever played. Um, but that game did have a bit of controversy um, because I think the ending was weak as fuck. And they made you buy, buy the, the, real, the real ending. Oh, yeah. I'd be salty about that. Yeah. But it yeah, was great. It's kind of like what Mass Effect 3 went through with their... Mm-hmm. Well, liked, but they gave that away for free. They gave their extended this, edition. This is free. a little more devious because, like, I think they did this on purpose. In Mass Effect Three, I think they fully intended for us to enjoy what they gave us, and while I did, enough people didn't that yeah. they that they uh, suffered so, ending. Yeah, you're you're saying that they did that in response to community, whereas a server's wrath, they that knew going the in. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, or yeah. It's a spite to community. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that, I'm gonna have to try this game. It's really dope. But I think that so, poses an interesting question because there's a lot of. I think one of the bigger topics is like games that are released and have content already on the disc, that is then released later with a paywall in front of it. And uh, I can't remember what game was like the most infamous for doing it. Destiny. Had Destiny whole did it built a bunch. out. Yeah. Halo's had it. I mean, Battlefront. Shit. Was Battlefront stuff on the disc? Oh, no, the China Rising or whatever was that? That's Battlefield. Or sorry, Battlefield. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. That, that's a tough one because um, you your development team's so large, and if you have guys that are just creating the worlds, uh, you know, they're gonna have. It would be interesting to see in the in their timelines. They're not just gonna let guys go idle. So while they have the money, I'm sure they're blowing through it. So it, I imagine that's why you get a lot of these worlds pre-built or or portions yeah. of them pre-built. But um, 
there's a lot away. of cases where like a game goes gold like six months before it comes out, and like at that point it's been it's past certification, it's gone gold, it's in like the shipping process, but you've got a team full of people sitting on a game that's done. And so they'll go ahead and start making content that was post the game being done. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I know a lot of people, especially Ben, like in our Xbox group, they get really pissy about like day one patches. But like that game's been done for those people for a while and they've had a long time to work on it after right. it's been like packed up in boxes and shipped out to retailers. Especially with the interconnectivity now. I mean, so many games are, are supporting some sort of network aspect. It's like, it's inevitable. Yeah. They're going to find bugs and fix them even after it's gone gold. So I don't have, I don't, I personally don't have as much of a problem with that. I wish they'd just be more upfront about it, but they're going to have too many people. Like, in the biggest one that comes to my mind was Titanfall. They never ever said the game was going to have a single player and people lost their minds because it didn't have a single player. It's like, you got to listen and do some sort of diligence on what you're buying. Exactly. That's yeah. That's been the bane of the... I don't know if it's bigger than this industry, but the video game industry has always been marred by... A lot of times, the only information people get is from an advertisement, and they don't go look it up on IGN. And before IGN, there was magazines. And, bef- and, ma- and before magazines, there was the store itself. You had to go in and ask people, like, what's this game about? Uh, is it going to scar my child for life doesn't have a single player you know a lot of people don't do that kind of research they just go you know this sounds cool i'll buy it yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah a lot of my time it's not on the xbox was... one by the way no oh, that sucks yeah uh, yeah a lot I'd of my time buy it on pc was... or just watch a let's play yeah watch so it, i would say the halo 2 map pack was sure. probably my first purchase for dlc which one okay halo, halo 2 map pack? yeah that was on the disc so I don't know if we're considering uh, that as DLC, then yeah. Oh yeah, there were map packs in Halo too. Shit. Oh man, Half Life had a shitload of DLC. Yeah. Well, that yeah. Um, I'm going through a list here to tr- sort of jog my memory. Um, Are we counting microtransactions as DLC? Well, I think that's something worth bringing up, and I think DLC came out a while ago and has since evolved into this like many-headed beast where. Right. Every game that comes out is going to have content that comes after it. And, I mean, of course, that's a blanket statement. It's not every game. But most games that come out have a content schedule that come with them. Mm-hmm. And so that gave rise to season passes. And so I think microtransactions come in where companies have... Well, the season pass became less and less appreciated. Right, I can't remember the first time I bought a season pass, but I know the first time I bought a season pass and regretted it was Assassin's Creed Three because that DLC was just so dumb. And that was the one with uh, George Washington, right? Yeah, you had to fight King George, who okay. created a giant fucking pyramid <laughs> in the United States. I did made, not play that, dude. It made I no sense. I didn't play it either. It made no sense, and so like. I think the next two Assassin's Creeds, I completely skipped the season pass because I was like... It, it put a bad no, taste in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, the response to either a season pass not delivering... Because I, I don't know if you guys remember Dying Light just a couple of years ago had a season pass that they then... Uh, it was weird. They either dropped the price of it or 
It, that's what it was. It was before a certain date. If you had it, you got the DLC coming out. But after that date, the season pass did not include it because that okay. DLC that was coming out was huge, and they wanted to charge for it separately. Or like in Fallout 4's situation, where the season pass went up in price because the content they were releasing was getting bigger and bigger. And it, I, I don't know, it caused an up and down kind of argument with people about whether or not a season pass was going to deliver. Sure. Um, and I think that's what brought up microtransactions. And like yeah, I, companies sorry, avoiding season passes and still giving you content doing that because they're charging you for other stuff in the game. Sure. I I wish I would have pulled up the Rocket League. The founders on that just had a, a really good interview. Somebody was interviewing them basically on this topic, so I'll try and pull that up for another time. Yeah. Okay. See, I think Rocket way, League does a really good job. And the way Rocket League does their like DLC and stuff, I compare it to Overwatch, where a lot of it is purely cosmetic. The core, oh, yeah. the core gameplay, it doesn't change, and it doesn't affect the player's skill whatsoever. It's completely optional. Yeah. Um, but then you have, you know, it, you compare it to like things like League of Legends or you know Heroes of the Storm, where giant gameplay changes, characters, you know, are locked by either spending x amount of money or play 10 plus hours of our game you know yeah uh, and, and so you can see, you see it a lot in mobile games uh i mean the most recent season pass that i bought was league of or uh, not league of legends sorry um legend of zelda breath of the wild for 20 dollars, they promised all dlc ever to come to legend of zelda with one confirmed at the time of launch but they just confirmed another one during E3. So, you know, $20 for X amount of DLC, which they didn't even confirm how many, I think is a, a good deal. It's basically saying that the total price of the game will be $80. Just all of it isn't done yet. Yeah, I mean, See, you're hedging. So, so when you buy these season passes, you're basically hedging your bet, right? So before you would pre-order a game, but you could always get your pre-order back from GameStop if if it started getting bad reviews, any of that mm-hmm. stuff. This is like, no, the the developers getting this money or the publishers getting this money, and if we don't commit to it, I'm sure down the road there's going to be a class action lawsuit for somebody, you know, uh, mm-hmm. if they keep this trend, but. It's like it's not. Oh, it's not just because they promise. It's not a guarantee. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So and like, I, there's a lot of DLC or season passes that are really expensive too. And seriously, it's, yeah. It's weird that they're all in games that don't have single player content in those season passes. Like That's Fallout season pass was thirty dollars and jumped up to forty, and that game doesn't have any multiplayer. So if I'm gonna be getting three to four. 10 to 15 hour DLCs 40 bucks makes sense but multiplayer games like Battlefield and Call of Duty both have $50 season passes which means the publisher is looking at the gamers and saying you're not going to get the full experience unless you pay double what the core experience is worth yeah and that shit's insane Battlefield 4 season pass was um, was pretty rewarding though (laughs) that game just kept giving 
Yeah, and I think Battlefield's a really good example of a com- of a, a franchise that I've bought every season pass so far and been perfectly fine. Battlefield 1, on the other hand, most recently, is a little weird because while we are getting maps, what made, like you're saying with Battlefield 4, what made Battlefield 4 season pass so great is that like every map pack had like 15 more guns and four to five maps. Not, That's a lot of content. Yeah, it was a ton of stuff. So Ben and I played Battlefield 4 until right before Battlefield 1 came out. And uh, by the time we were playing it, there was double the amount of maps that had initially released. At least a third as much or as many guns had been added. And uh, they'd moved past their premium cycle, their season pass cycle. And has started just giving everything out after that for free. That was really dope. But yeah, I think uh, yeah. I, back to Richard's comment I, about League of Legends and that. I, I think those are in a little bit different vein because there is some value to new players not being able to play the hundred plus champions and keep switching around. So it does kind of pigeonhole you into playing champions you know. Right. Um, it makes you center on and, and learn to get good with them. Yeah. But um, so I, I think we could probably pull that out as a separate topic too down the road. Um, sure. But with respect to Caleb, you're with the battlefield. How many Call of Duties came out in that time period? Shit, Do we know. <laughs> um, so Battlefield Four was a launch title with Xbox That's right, One. Yeah. So, so at least two. So uh, the first. Call of Duty on Xbox One was Advanced Warfare, right? And then Infinite War? Was that... No, it was Advanced Warfare and then Black Ops 3. Black Ops 3 and then Infinite Warfare. Wow. So this goes to something that I've been wishing developers would do is build a core, almost like what they did with Battlefield 4. They built a core platform and then they added to it. Yeah. And I it agree seems, with that. And it seems like maybe Battlefield 1, that's how they're going to be doing it again too. It seems like instead of just giving you a brand new game or quote in quote, yeah, yeah, because they're basically repeating functionality over and over and over. Like, okay, now the guys, yeah, the guys got to rebuild character movement. Okay, well, we're gonna do some copy and pasting, tweaking. Right. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, I would, I would, me personally, I would sacrifice maybe having the latest uh, visual quality to focus more on allowing something to be built that can be added to longer into the cycle. Yeah, yeah I agree with and that. And that's why I appreciate Call of Duty's or oh god, I'm going to retract that entire statement. <laughs> um <laughs> that's why I appreciate Battlefield more than Call of Duty is because you get a Battlefield game every 2 years instead of one and their season passes give you content that makes it by the so that by the time it's done, you've got a ton of stuff to do. And Call of Duty, yeah, it's a $50 season pass just like Battlefield, but you're going to have another Call of Duty with another season pass the next year. Instead right. of paying double the price for two years of content, you're paying double the price for one year and then having to do it again and again. And But to bring up what you were talking about with Dota and like the idea of wanting your new players to kind of get used to specializing with a core group of characters 
I think Rainbow Six Vegas or not Vegas. Oh, Siege. Siege, Siege did that a lot. Yeah. Um, and they did it pretty all well. Of the year one and year two characters are fucking expensive in terms of like in-game credits to buy. And now you can like pay to get them, but if you want to earn them, you have to play like fifteen hours or twenty hours, something to... like that. Yeah. 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 We we briefly talked about this offline. There's a big difference, I think, in the way um, uh, Riot treats that than the way um, Ubisoft. Ubisoft, yeah, was uh, treating that on Siege, because. Uh, Riot's on a pretty tight schedule of champion release, and so it allows them to constantly... So, like, the newest two... And, Richard, you might have to help me on this. The newest two champions are... The first week now that a champion comes out, it's like 7,200 influence points. It's more expensive, right. Which is the free currency for just playing and doing different things. After the first week or two weeks, it goes down to 6,300, which is, like, the next tier... And then usually the five or six most recent champions kind of stay at that tier, and then they start dropping off from that to 4,800, uh, 3,275, yeah, 1,750. Yeah, just lower and lower. And then over time, they'll have periodic sales. They've also introduced a new mechanism where you, uh, at the end of games, you can, if you, based on some sort of random number generator, they're giving you these different things that allow you to unlock boxes and the boxes can give you temporary skin and temporary champion access, or you can trade in three of them to get a permanent champion or a permanent skin. So, yeah. So, and the whole microtransaction model when done, like in my opinion, the way Riot's doing it and some other games is you basically get the whale scenario. There's a small, small group of people that are paying the minority, which is the way casinos operate. And that's why when you're a whale, you get all the treatment because you're the one basically footing the bill for the majority yeah. of the other people walking yeah, in the door. Yeah, the idea that like most people will spend a respectable amount of money and a few will spend way too much. Yeah. I think, so yeah, if we're talking like microtransactions and how they apply in other ways, I think Overwatch does a pretty good job of that because everything's cosmetic. It has yes. absolutely no gameplay iteration. But, man, I, I don't know. Is, that, is, that, is someone peeing? <laughs> I think dog it was collar. a dog collar. Yeah. Uh, okay. Turn on the peeing cam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's So, I think the first time I appreciated a company for microtransactions and what they could do in terms of DLC was Mass Effect 3. John, did you play that game very much? I did not. Okay. I know that... Eric, what about you? He's not here. Fuck me, Richard. What about you? Mass Effect 3, yes, I did play through Mass Effect 3. Did you play the multiplayer at all? A, a, a little bit. Uh, I didn't dive too much into it. Okay, so me and Ben and the rest of our uh, group of friends that we played on Xbox with played mm-hmm. the fuck out of Mass Effect 3. And that was the first time. So all of the extra multiplayer content was completely free. And they had microtransactions that were game impacting like completely you would be buying stuff that would unlock new characters or get you weapons that other people didn't have but the multiplayer was built on co-op and there was no adversarial okay that allowed for 
Like, yeah, you know, we had a couple of friends that had a bunch of extra shit, but that was because they were paying for it. But we were never really upset about it. It was more, all right, cool, you have this character that we don't have. Like, use them, and we'll complement your character with ours. I think where Overwatch runs into an issue is that, John, kind of like you said, Titanfall never promised a single-player campaign. You can build a game that's multiplayer only, but at what point, how much content do you have to release for that game to be worth the initial $60 purchase, right? With with regards to Titanfall, I had no problem. After playing it for a few days, I had no problem with the $60. Everything, to it's... me, was well-balanced in that game. Uh, there weren't a lot of the network hiccups that you generally get on right. launch. So I would rather pay $60 for a tight gameplay uh, and a dedicated right. focus to the multiplayer, but I had other friends that like lost their cool, and it was uh, I was like, first of all, they never said there was gonna see, be a single player thing. Like you knew what you were getting when you ordered this. Yeah, right. and then with Overwatch, I mean, going into it, they did say it's only multiplayer. On top of they promised free content to be divvied out across the years. Um, so for $60, you get yeah. all the characters now, all the maps now, uh, and the characters and maps that will come in over time. Um, and on top of that, it does have tight gameplay, at least in my opinion. And, you know, the, the developers see it as $60 worth of not just content, but of like a fun aspect, that $60 worth of a video game that they think you will play and will love. Uh, so, you know, I'm sinking at least two hours a week into it and I've played over two hours a week since the game came out. So I'm paying like less than a dollar an hour, which is like, I mean, I, I think it's totally worth the $60 price tag. Yeah. Ultimately, when you equate it down to that, it's like it, people sometimes, uh, can look past <laughs> the numbers of what they're actually, you know what I mean? Just like, you're right. saying, it's like. Okay, it's a dollar's worth of content, or in another couple months, it's going to be twenty-five cents an hour. So, well, Ben I, Ben brought something interesting up last week. I think it was last week about how much money Blizzard's made from their microtransactions. Ben, do you remember that number? It was a lot. It was, uh, it was like five billion or something like that. Like since five billion dollars on microtransactions, three and a half, yeah, three and a half billion. Like since three and a half billion, they've made three and a half billion dollars on microtransactions since January. So only as of twenty seventeen. No, 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 no. I think that was as of January. Oh, as of January. Okay, so like so not the last six months, right? Or five. Well, here, let's stop guessing. (laughs) Okay. Since we have the internet at our fingertips, not a. Sure. Um, I mean, it's at least a billion, from what I'm hearing. 3.6 3.6 billion was the number I remembered. Now, yeah. if that's been in the first six months uh, since its release, or the most recent six months is really what we're debating. But either way, the game's been out for a year now, and it took them... I mean, they just had another event, right? So there's another reason for people to buy a bunch of loot. loot right. Games. I don't know. Like League of Legends I, made 1.7 billion last year. Yeah. Clash of Clans got two point three billion in twenty sixteen. Me, yeah. I don't. See, over... I don't think my, I have an issue with the fact that, like, I don't think Overwatch is putting out 
as much content as they should be for the amount of money that people are paying. And I get it. I love that everything that they're giving out is free. I think they are. There's lots of maps and characters. I think every three months is a good pace yeah, for you, maps. You gotta remember, they can only rush through so many characters because, like, so League of Legends has this problem all the time now. Because their champion pool, which is like their characters, you know, that you play as, yeah. because it's so large, introducing a character, even though they give early access to professionals, to their in-house teams, to people that are on the uh, public beta, people still find a way to break those champions through either uh, comps, uh, item builds, and right. so if you just if you dump too many, if you change too many variables. It becomes hard to control how, where to influence balance back into the system, That's and true. so Riot constantly goes through that where they they're trying to bring older champions that they've nerfed to oblivion back into relevancy because either because they did like stat drops on them, or because items have been rotated out of play that were core to those builds. So while Overwatch may not have the largest character base right now if they're on that path and because obviously with with the revenue they're generating they should be able to sustain a model like that where yeah. down the road in a year two years you're going to have a huge thing and it goes and that kind of feeds back into my original statement with league of legends is not only are you trying to learn your own champion you're having to learn because not everybody else is just restricted to the champion pool that you're that you have access to you're having to learn Five other champions at a time, their abilities times you got what four, four actions. So it's it's twenty each game. If you see a new champion every time, it's twenty different abilities that you're looking for visual cues, audio cues, uh, how those work in combination with the team. It gets very, it can be really overwhelming for new players. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. and then like sense. along with maps and stuff that Overwatch gives and new characters, like they're also balancing other characters uh, sometimes they feel underpowered like most recently with the update with this new map so a new map just came out this week that was going to be my news thing if I didn't say the Amazon one but uh, they made massive changes to three uh, existing heroes in the game like Reaper like has a brand new mechanic now yeah he's like a damage leech or a health leech now right? exactly those little spirit orbs yeah he, he doesn't have them anymore now he just takes 20 percent of damage as health uh or damage that he gives as health to himself uh roadhog too like apparently there's something new with his gun and his hook uh so like yeah they're constantly changing everything how's um, that going how's that going over in that type of community because i mean overwatch is a first person shooter right yes so, so the Dota's, the League of Legends, they've dealt with this stuff for a long time. Or even like the Warcraft, Starcraft balancing. How how is how is that going over in the FPS community? Man, uh or Blizzard's really good about updating Overwatch characters. Uh it's like the team that's working on Overwatch is not touching anything else. Uh so yeah, it's I meant like from people. sorry, from the from the player base. Are are people losing their minds over No it's pretty accepting because on if you play on PC, you get access to what's called the PTR, which is the public test region. Okay. Um, and all the updates that they might put out, they put there first. Um, and like you could play, it doesn't affect your stats, it doesn't do anything. It's just 
it's just Overwatch with the new updates that they might put in. And then from there, uh, you can post on their forums what you like, what you don't like, what feels weird, and they are very responsive on all of the Overwatch forums. Um, so the thing with Reaper, uh, it used to be, it was going to be 30%, I think, but now they changed it to, like, now it released as 20% because of response from the community. They're very responsive on their community uh, forums, and they, they, you know, they put all of that into account. And so I think the PTR uh, really helps out in balancing and testing the heroes as they are now versus the updates that they want to put in to make the game more balanced. Yeah, I yeah, guess we should... I didn't think about the fact that Overwatch is different because it's a hero-based shooter and that, like, adding content to that is going to be a pain in the ass. So... Yeah, it's not just a skin. Right. Mm. So I can forgive that, That uh, I guess, the speed of their content release being slower. That makes a lot more sense. I just didn't think about it that way. Um, yeah, it's a, different, it's a different mechanic. Uh, we should definitely circle back to this down the road, six months, a year. Sure. To, yeah. to, to check in on it. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember when they announced that Halo 5 was going to have free DLC, uh, and I thought that was amazing. And that's, I think, another example of a company that's been... that put out... I don't think they're still putting out content, but it's a company that put out a lot of really good extras. Um, Halo 5 launched like without Firefight, and everyone hated that. And they released like an eight-player firefight that's a lot of fun. became such a force in that community that they just relied on it's like they tightened up a lot of the forge aspects the controls mm -hmm. around it being able to set up things so that the community could drive because again the community is always going to create stuff that's outside of the box that they're going to try to push the envelope and those oftentimes become some of the best game modes in in these games we're talking about so truly yeah so what instances of like microtransactions being bad have you guys experienced because i know i know ben and i probably have the same one in if, terms is of it for honor <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah for honor definitely left a bad taste in my mouth but i don't think i put a lot of time into it I, it's a it's a steep learning curve and i knew that from the start i know that if i kept going i could hang with everybody else and just get better at the game but do you, I mean, do, it's it seems silly to complain about games that are play to win when they're, when that's their model, and and you know what you were getting. I mean, I guess we didn't know what we were getting into, but I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is like there's there's three models to all this, right? That's what we've been talking about this whole time. There's there's cosmetics, then there's play to win, and then there's pay to play, where like those games that like your upgrade will come in an, an hour and a half, and you either stop right. playing or you give us money to keep playing, right? So that's play to play. But then there's right. play to win, like For Honor, where if you if you buy into it, you're actually better than everybody else. And then subsection. How are they doing that in, in For Honor? Uh, because I didn't get too far into that. I did the beta. 
Yeah, I just you you buy, uh, you know, space bucks, whatever, and you spend space bucks on armor, and then you just you're just stronger than everybody else. Uh, and uh, there was no way to like over time accrue the armor or anything. Yeah, yeah, of course there is. You could do it the the, the right way, and so it's not pay to play. It's not pay to play. It's pay to win. So you 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 spend real world money, and you're better than everybody else, basically. So, but we didn't really we didn't stick around long enough for them to fix that. We we're just like, bye bye. <laughs> so, yeah, we played for like a week, and then we we're done. Yeah, so we don't even know if they fixed it retroactively. Like they didn't address it at E3, but I haven't heard the gaming community talk about it. None of us play it anymore. And uh, you had to buy that game, right? Yeah, was yep. free. Yep. Uh, yeah, I kind of I almost logged in the other day just to see what was new, and I I mean I really like that game, but I do too. I thought it was such a great concept, but the fact that it was pay to win it it shut me off instantly like sure, I was... it's it's pay and then it's pay to win like you could you could possibly forgive it if the game was free which see right yeah people... that'd be different like if i didn't spend sick if i if there wasn't a 60 dollar threshold to that i would consider maybe spending 15 dollars to upgrade my character to a point where i would want to come back and play it i yeah. but that's still potentially game breaking as long as you played people in your power level so you didn't just get destroyed by billionaires right <laughs> but yeah i'm curious to see if they went in to fix that so nobody's talking about it i haven't right. seen polygon or kotaku or anybody mention anything about it but it's not like i look but i am online all day you'd think i would have seen it maybe everybody's okay with that model i don't know well but, now they are because it's all it's all the rich people yeah, they're, they're all. They're See, all I have a hard enough time. I only play. I even feel like I play too much now. I only play a few hours a night, and some nights I don't play at all. But it seems like when the last couple of weeks, all I do is I get online, get my ass kicked. I might win one round, and I go to sleep grumpy. Right, <laughs> like Overwatch the other night, we uh, we tried to do the the season. The, the yeah, we were placing competitive, yeah. and we we what we were owing. We were nine. What was it? One and nine. One win, nine losses. Oh no! And then I ranked at like fourteen twenty-two, which is like, for some of my friends, a thousand point gap. And I can't. I can't even play with them. <laughs> That's Damn. how bad I am. And so, then last night I went on a Rocket League and I lost fucking nine, eight games in a row. <laughs> oh no! God damn it! And uh, I'm. I won't pat myself on the back too often, but I do feel proud of this. Uh, this quote. In Rocket League, if you don't learn to fly, uh, it feels like you're playing soccer while everybody else is playing Quidditch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, that's yeah. true. Anyway, so yeah, so so that so, yeah. my I don't have the time to really get that good. I'm I'm getting my ass handed to me in these games that are not pay to win. So if you're just gonna make it that much harder for me, then yeah, you just I don't know. But they already got my money, so they won, I guess. <laughs> No, that's why. That's why. If you find the games, because League of Legends is the same way. Like you can. We, me and my friends, when they redid the placements and they did ten, we won eight or nine out of of the placements, and we'd been like gold league before, multiple seasons, and it still put us in bronze. <laughs> Damn. And it's like, and, and let me tell you, there's pros or like really high high tier people that have tried to claw, claw their way up from bronze by themselves and they've quit because they're like, this is impossible. <laughs> like right. the quality of player down there, even if you're good, 
because that game mode is so dependent on teamwork at the end that you just can't get out unless you play and get lucky. So yeah, yeah, a lot of rocket leagues. Teammates. A lot of rocket leagues like ranking system and how you can move upwards was a mystery to me and a couple of friends that played it all the time. And then after doing some research, it makes a lot more sense, but it still seems like you're kind of at the whim of a dice roll in terms of the teammates you're going to get or mm-hmm. the people you'll be playing against. So the way their system of like moving up works without getting too off topic is like if you play against someone with a higher rank than you and you lose, you're not as penalized as yeah, if it's you a were tra- to play it's a traditional elo level. model like chess. It sounds like where yeah. you're you're expected to lose. So if you lose, yeah, that's okay. We're not gonna super penalize you. Right. The if we're getting into that area, Halo Two was by far the best matchmaking because I felt like once you got to where your level was, the games were fifty fifty pretty much. Like there were a few key moments in the game that would make it go one way or the other. But you were getting paired with people, teammates that were similar skill as the people you were playing against as your opponents. That's good. Um, someone said something earlier. I think it was Ben about getting your ass kicked by a bunch of billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think welcome it's to the USA. Yeah, right. What a good allegory. Um, I think it's important to bring up that like one of the big problems with DLC that's paid and season passes and things like that is it separates not separates it's not the right word but fractures. It, uh, it fractures the community which is something that we're seeing developers kind of take more of a a focus um too because we just got like the battlefront announcement and they they told us that all of the DLC that was coming out for the new battlefront is 100% free Mm-hmm. because they don't want to fracture their community. And it seems like in terms of DLC, the only way to do that is to have microtransactions. So it'll be like every time I hear all the DLC is free, I think, okay, let's see what you're going to make us pay for instead. It seems to me, I can't speak for the smaller studios, but for the big ones, all you have to do is offer uh, something with a price on it and people will buy it because there are people out there with expendable income. There are people that do nothing but this. They play games all 12 hours a day. Right. If it's, if, and they've got, uh, I don't know how they make money or where they get their money, but they got it and they're going to spend it. And if there's something to buy in the game, they're going to buy it. So you don't have to structure your game so that those people win because they did that. Just, make a regular-ass game, but let them buy a different helmet, and they will. Right. That seems like a winning formula. I, like I said, I can't speak for the smaller games that that need more of an edge or a twist on the on the rule or whatever, but um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think so. I should, nobody, nobody should deviate from that. It, it works. So, yeah. Like Overwatch. Yeah, perfect example. It is a perfect example. I agree with you. And on top of that, this year at E3, ARMS... Um, uh, E3 happened days before ARMS released on Switch um, and they promised free DLC uh, for its entire lifeline Um, and that's maps, uh, new characters they actually announced the first DLC character at E3 and as far 
as I've seen so far, there's not a single microtransaction in this game, which I think is pretty interesting because I would think that there would be, given that all the DLC is free. But there's not there's not a single. You you just pay sixty dollars, you get the game, and then you just wait for DLC to come. And they promised more maps and more fighters. So it's the first. I, I can't recall any other game that's done something where it has free DLC on top of small. Seven, huh? I think it was called. I can't. It can't have been Total Annihilation, but it may have been. Say an RT, our Total Annihilation was an RTS. Yeah, it, it might have been that game. They had like additional well, missions and, and content had lots every of month expansions. for free. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. You say Command and Conquer did have free expansions? No, they had lots of expansions. Oh yeah, tons. So you know um. That game I shared a couple of weeks ago, that uh, Planetary Annihilation, is the same company. Yeah, it's a good one. Westworld? Uh, not Westworld. Called... No, Westwood. Uh, West no, that's not Westwood. But, um, yeah, they've been making games for a long time. And uh, they've got that new expansion now, Planetary Annihilation Titans, that I'm waiting for the price to come down on, because I will scoop that up. Yeah, the game looked dope. Um. Well, we've reached our probably 45-minute mark on our main topic, Caleb. Yeah, yeah, we have. I think that we pretty much covered everything, too. There's ways to do DLC that rewards players. There's ways to put together season passes. I mean, I did want to talk about briefly, like, how much content do you want to get for specific amounts that they'll, they'll ask for for a season pass? Like if you're gonna well, be, we haven't we haven't even gotten into the episodic uh, oh, genres, shit. Yeah. like Telltale and all that. So, yeah, I really I think... well, I think that that's almost its own beast because episodic yeah, games I mean. are. I appreciate them when they fit the the method of storytelling. The Telltale games all need to be that way. That makes sense until they make a game that's full length, and then we get to see what their DLC plan is from there. I think they're pretty good, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Hitman just did the same thing. Hitman was episodic, and like, I think that was a translation of a game into episodic territory that fit really well with the the style of game. Because yeah, it did seem like it added. I, I never played it, but it almost got me into it. If I had more free time, I would have gotten into potentially into that because there was kind of an appeal to these timed events and. Yeah, right, because a, if you didn't do if you didn't make the hit in the time window, you you just you lose access to it, don't you? Yeah, there were like uh, high profile targets that only were there for a certain number of hours, and if you like tried those missions and died, you did not get was, to try them again. Yeah, so there there's kind of a cool aspect of that permanence. Like, um, what's the oh, man? It used to be a game. Was it Diablo? Yeah, Diablo, where you could play with only one life. Oh. I could I would I would never do that because Yeah, uh, that sounds like hell. Like neurotic if I died like <laughs> spending hundreds of hours in that game and then boom, mm-hmm. character's gone. <laughs> yeah, in in terms Yeah, in terms of 
cash to content. Personally, I believe that for every $3 I spend, I want at least one hour's worth of amazing content. Um, that's how I kind of gauge DLC and the price of a game, in my opinion. So, Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, $15, I want at least five hours of amazing content. How do you balance that with movies, then? Hey, video games and movies are two different art forms, man. Like, okay. I, I don't, Fair I enough. don't balance, yeah, yeah, yeah. For video games, and yeah, for video games, I should say for three dollars, I pay. I want at least one dollar or one hour's worth of good content. That was That's, quick, man. You had that prepped. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Nope, I got this." <laughs> yeah. uh, it's interesting because I put I probably put a hundred dollars at least into the last three Battlefield games, and I've probably played them all for about three hundred hours. There you go. So, uh, t- so to me, that's considered a great deal for you. It's good. Hmm. Interesting. And this thread on uh, on For Honor says, by the time you get to the level necessary to have the top quality gear, you'll have plenty of gear without spending any money. Okay. So it says, if you the more you play, the more gear you get. So we might have just not been playing enough to hang with the people that are playing twelve hours a day, which is a matchmaking issue. Not. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, or there's not a big enough player base. Yeah, and they also said it also only influences two play modes, that's just uh, uh, Domination and uh, uh, something else. But the one-on-one and the two-on-two or whatever seem to be un- unaffected. Yeah, your, uh, all your gear stats were dropped off at the door when you yeah. played those. Huh. So, yeah, it's kind of like League of Legends has, uh, you can play like a lot of bot games early on. And they do pretty good about fencing new players. Um Obviously, you right. can have people that go in and smurf, but they're pretty good about fencing you with people at your skill level and item level. I wonder if that's similar, if if it, you guys needed to play more 1v1, 2v2. To, uh, well, I do know that when we started that game, we played a lot of like private matches with all six of us. That was fun as shit. It was a blast, but we got absolutely no experience from doing it. And we did it for like 10 hours of the first week it was out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that can that can especially in a, game, a new game like that, that could probably really put you behind. Yeah, it burned me out quick because like mm. I'd played a ton and got a bunch of experience, but not actually earned any level or experience for it. And then I would go yeah. into multiplayer matches and get my ass kicked by guys who didn't do that and had better gear because of it, or they'd bought mm. the better gear. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the like the uh, when you used to have to travel to play people on arcade or uh, hmm. or uh, like Halo and stuff before they had the hacked. Uh, what, what was it? Anyways, there was that service that you could subscribe to that would make it look like you were on the local network. But uh, yeah, you'd you'd have the video game tournaments and you'd go and play and you'd be dominating like your school and then you'd go and somebody would just crush you and it's like well. <laughs> big big fish in the small pond versus yeah. uh right. small fish small fish in the big pond scenario. Right. Yeah, I think that basically covers I think what needs to be talked about about DLC. Anybody have any like last thoughts? I know that John bringing up episodic shit was a good uh a good call. That was, yeah. Yeah, we just yeah, I mean, there's so many aspects to it like each one of those has huge ramifications, microtransaction, episodic nature, DLC. And then even inside inside of microtransactions, there's to me there's at least two, maybe three big 
uh, implementations of that. So I could easily see how we have another talk about this later yeah, on. Yeah, we could. We could do a part two. But I don't know. It's I, yeah. I don't want to, I could I could say something right now and get into it. But. I know, but then then we'd be another hour, and I'm I'm yeah. not sure I could make that. So <laughs> yeah. Well, we might um, be another two or three. <laughs> yeah, we'll just talk until three in the morning. Um, so I guess in in wrapping up, what is uh, what's everyone playing right now, um, and why, or what? Hmm. Do you, so less just what you're playing, and more like what things do you find yourself coming back to, whether it's a show, or um, a game or like a movie Ben I know you say you just watched Wonder Woman so like you can't say that again but what <laughs> things what entertainment have you guys been consuming recently that's kept you coming back for more I'm still on an Overwatch still playing Rocket League still playing uh, what was the name of that game I couldn't remember the name of last time that uh, <laughs> cross out cross out game that's pretty fun uh, free free game um it's uh because it's free the it it does have um it does give you an option to spend money and money does come slow so it almost is a pay to play but it's free so I'll allow it and so what I do is I uh I play for an hour or so get as far as I can and then uh I make a few very subtle changes to my loadout and then I kill some people and I put it down and come back later it's fun nice it's like um it's like yeah it's like a it's a it's like a Mad Max sort of um, what's that car combat game in uh, on PlayStation Twisted Metal Twisted Metal, <laughs> Twisted yeah. Metal. Yeah. that was mm-hmm. a great series yeah or Vigilante Eight or whatever game you want to seek out but uh, car combat you can basically build your car from scratch so you start with the frame and you put the wheels wherever you want and slap together metal and it's it's pretty cool yeah that sounds cool yeah it's super fun and it's free. Um, so yeah, still playing that every now and then. Trying to think, playing um, what's the free game on PSN right now? The story-based game with a girl that goes through time. Oh, Life, Life is, strange. is Strange. Life is Strange. Finally playing that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm playing catch up. Not a lot of new games right now. Uh, I just got a PS4 finally. So, uh, yeah, that's, nice. that's what I'm up to. Dope, yeah. John. What you doing? Oh, yeah. I'll, this is uh... very nerdy, but I'm, I'm reading uh, Tim Ferriss's new book. If you don't know who Tim Ferriss is, he's sort of a guru. Uh, he's got his own podcast, but uh, his new book is called Tool of the Titans, uh, where he's, he's interviewed about 200 people on his podcast list last few years. So this is all the notes he's compiled from those podcasts. So he's like Jerry Seinfeld and uh, 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 what's the Robbins guy, the motivational speaker, Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins, Tony, yeah. Yeah, and then um, – and. Uh, Elon Musk and just like just anybody and everybody. It's pretty cool. Interesting book. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. So working my way through the uh, Bleach manga. Oh, cool. I've watched all the anime, so going back to doing that. TV shows, probably uh, the newest, well, I guess the newest season on Netflix of uh, the Marvel one. Uh blah, blah, blah. Daredevil? Agents of Shield, no Agents of Shield. Oh, I'm watching that. Oh, okay, that's a lot of Marvel shows. Yeah, I know. That's why yeah. I was like drawing a quick blank. Uh, so I'm catching up on that, which is the Ghost Rider portion. I saw like five or six episodes. It, it, uh, special effects for that are great. Yeah, it, it. The first five or six I saw this season were really good. So, looking forward to that. Let's see what else. 
uh, game wise, uh, playing a lot of sports games with the kids. Cool. League of Legends, I'll dabble in. And um, there's a game called Banished, which is like a city building, but it it's uh, more old school. So like Ooh. settler type. So famine occurs quite frequently. Uh, weather can um, it goes through the four seasons. It's pretty cool. I'll stream that every now and then. And there's one other, but I'm drawing a blank. So I'll leave it there. Richard, what are you doing? What are you getting down on? Um, apart from Overwatch, uh, ARMS, man. They advertised it as the first fighting game of its kind, and it truly is that. When I describe it to people, I say that it's Smash Bros. meets Punch-Out. <laughs> uh, and other people who've played it says that's pretty accurate. And, yeah, uh, it's I'm enjoying it because... It's the first game that I know of where, in order to be good competitively, you have to use motion controls. Oh, nice. Which, yeah, it's super weird. Like, you are actually more accurate and more efficient if you're using the motion controls. And I don't know any other game that utilizes that outside of Splatoon. Um, And it's a new IP, which makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, Because you don't see that every day. Um, Nope. Not uh, Nintendo. No, no. It's usually Mario... Plus a sport equals new game, so <laughs> that's um, an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, right. Uh, a TV. I'm catching up on Halt and Catch Fire. Oh yes, good show. Oh, holy crap! Yeah, uh, just finished my favorites. I, I just finished season one. Well, I see, I finished season one like right when I got on Netflix, mm-hmm. and. I popped in again now because I forgot about the show for the longest time. And then I saw that the season two and three are now on Netflix. So I'm currently watching that, loving it. Yeah, after my girlfriend and I watched season one, we proceeded to buy seasons two and three because we couldn't wait. Nice. Oh, it's so good. I'm I'm dying over here. Yeah, Lee Pace, every fucking time he talks, he's like, I'm (laughs) going to pay attention. Yep, right. Uh, And it only gets more crazy. Like, it doesn't I'm, let up. Every I'm, season's just as good as the last, if not better, actually. Oh, God. Every episode, I'm on the edge of my seat, and it takes everything in my power to not press continue watching. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, like, uh, I like letting the more impactful episodes uh, linger and not just go on to the next one. I'm not a, I'm not a binger. Unless it's something I've seen a million times, like The Office. I'll, I'll watch that. Okay. But, like, you are a strong soul, sir. But if it's a new show, I'll be like, damn, that's a good episode. Let me go make something to eat or go do something else for a while. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I read a, or I listened to a podcast where a guy that's a writer does that with books. Like, but even so far as that he won't, he like, he said he's never, not never, but he hasn't finished a book in like a year and a half or something. Hmm. And uh, the host was like, you're a writer and you don't read? He's like, no, I read. I just get to like the last 10 pages and I don't finish it. Because if I finish it, like that story is complete and my brain doesn't have anywhere to go. And if I don't finish it, it means I never know the ending and like those characters live on in my brain. Yeah, oh, that's stupid. So <laughs> I think about that. No, that's ridiculous. I think about that all the time, though, in these games where like, um, I guess, um, I guess Far Cry 4 did it really well, where like. Mm. If you actually walk out the door, then you play the game and and everything happens as it should. But if you just sit there, 
Yeah, the guy deal comes with back and says, like, yeah. all right, let me help you bury your grandma or whatever. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> if you sit there, um, he actually does it. Yeah. Yeah, but there's other games where um, you don't have a choice, right? Like, you either right. pull the trigger or you stop playing. And that's the exact same mentality. If you don't want that character to die, turn off your Xbox. <laughs> yeah. You're done with that game. That <laughs> character gets to live. That's a good I way almost did it. that with uh, Bioshock Infinite. Because there's a scene near the end of that where the Lutest twins tell Booker that he has to give them. Elizabeth. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I was like, not if I turn the game off. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did it uh, because I, I kind of idolize Kojima for the first Metal Gear Solid where he's like, cool, to fight this guy, you have to put the controller in a different slot. Oh, uh, like, I think that was two. Was that was that two or was it the first one? We were fighting Psycho Mantis. Yeah, and your your controllers are upside down. That might be two. I think it's two. Yeah, you have to like unplug it from one and put it in player two, or he yeah. reads your mind, uh, and he reads your like saves off the memory card. Man, that shit fucked me up. <laughs> and I didn't even I don't even remember playing it that much. I just remember Ben. I remember you playing it and being like, "Holy shit! Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah. Uh, it makes you put your controller down and then use oh no. the rumble. Pick. It was one. Yeah, forget me. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's late. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> You're not always right. That's fine. Uh, shit, what am I playing right now? Um, I just finished the last DLC for Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Um, okay, right on. Yeah, I really love those games. And uh, it kind of bums me out that uh, Idas Montreal is working on the Marvel universe that Enix is building uh, because that means we're going to be, there's going to be a big delay and mankind divided and didn't do that well in terms of sales, mm-hmm. but cause it wasn't the, fun. I, I fucking loved it. <laughs> I loved every minute of that game. <laughs> That's fine. You're allowed. Uh, yeah. It just wasn't, wasn't yeah. that good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the last DLC is uh, you go into a prison undercover trying to find an informant for like a terrorist group. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I dig stealth games that are first person. Like, uh, well, I almost said Thief, but the most recent Thief was fucking awful. Uh, oh, yeah. So bad. But uh, yeah, playing that, Ben, Eric, and I have been digging around in Battlefield again recently, and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact, I think almost newsworthy, Battlefield lets people that don't have premium play premium maps if a premium member is in their squad. Yep. That's cool. I like yeah. that. It's really dope. Like Ben loaded in, there's a night map they released yesterday. And I was like, you should be able to play it just fine. And he tried to spawn and it was like, cannot spawn until a premium member is in your squad. And I was Jeez. like, oh shit. Yeah, so that's really cool because if we're talking about DLC for sure and the idea that like a $50 season pass is a bit of a paywall for most people, mm-hmm. being able to share that with your friends is really cool. In terms of shows, I am trying to get through West Wing. Not try, I don't mean to say trying to get through it like it's bad. I just haven't watched it all the way through. And I know I'm like 10 years late to the party, but... It's Aaron Sorkin, and his writing's great. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I'm also watching Community with my wife, because she's never watched it. So oh, wow. It's fun. I've probably <laughs> been picked on me once for, like, bringing it up one day, and he's like, do you watch anything else? 
So I always feel weird talking about it around him now because he's judging me silently. <laughs> and then um, reading wise, I'm I just finished Black Monday Murders, which is a new image comic. Uh, I read the first trade, so it's probably not exactly new, but uh, they're like seven or eight issues in, and I read issues one through five in the first trade. That's very good, and uh, I'm reading a Remender and Sean Gordon Murphy book called Tokyo Ghost that's super dope. Nice. Yeah. Comics are the Very shit. Good. I like only read image stuff, so don't ask me about anything else. That's the thing I need to fix. So that's going to wrap up the third episode of Bounty Board. Thanks for listening. We are now on iTunes and Stitcher, so you guys can find them on both iOS and Android devices. So give us a, a follow, a subscribe, a favorite, a rating. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Check back again next week for another episode. We'll have another topic for you. And uh, have a good week. My name is Caleb. I'm Ben. Smurf here. And I'm Richard. Have a good night, guys. Thanks.